picture right there is so good because tomorrow Shelly and I are hitting the road. <laughs> yeah, and we're having a few weeks leave and um, I'm, I'm super excited about that. I don't normally announce that, but I just want to let you know this time around because I'm trying something different. Can you believe this? I am leaving my phone at home. I know. I thought you should know that. <laughs> because if you do try to contact me, um, yeah, you, you won't reach me for a couple of weeks. Um, but what you can do is um, definitely contact Pastor Steve and Adam and Rebecca and Kerry and anyone else in the office there if you've got any need. They will absolutely be able to help you out. Part of my plan is to do just some time of solitude, you know, really getting away. And I know that many of you would feel the same way that I do right now. It's been a tough year, hasn't it? Mentally draining and tiring. And uh, just talking to the board, just felt like this is an opportunity for me just to, uh, to do that and for Shelley as well. And I want to encourage you all to think about doing the same thing. I know it's hard. We've got jobs. We have to make sure we have enough leave and all that sort of stuff. But hey, have a go at finding a way to get away. And I want to encourage you too. Try the same thing. I'll let you know how it goes without a phone for two weeks. I mean, that's, that's a little scary, I'm just going to say. But I think it's going to be good. Now, most of you know we're in the middle of a building program. Uh, we're about two years in. These things take a lot longer than you originally think when you start them out. I thought we'd be in a new building right beside us by now. But um, anyway, you'll be pleased to know we're getting close to seeing some action on site. If not by the end of this year, then I hope very early in the new year. This week, the architects, the engineers, they pretty much have finished all of the construction documents and that side, and we now move into this period of costing and, and making decisions about how deep we go with stage one based on that. And then immediately after that, um, you know, we finalise those things. Uh, we obtain the, the BA from the Moreton Bay Regional Council and, and we're away. So we're getting very close to that. And I'll bring you a more detailed update. I think about mid-November, I want to show you exactly what's been locked in. You know, there's some changes to what's on the board over there, and we'll be able to, to let you know about that as well. But I just want to commend you for your faithfulness to this, this project. We really believe God told us to go ahead with this and to do this. And thank you for supporting it with your prayers, and thank you for supporting it with your giving. You know, we've been really pleased every month, the elders, uh, they meet, and we've been praising God to see that in the middle of a pandemic, we've been hitting the, the, the budget for our building fund. In the middle of a pandemic, we've been hitting our tithing budgets and, and, and beyond. And we talked to you about how we were behind on the missions, and now we've caught up in the middle of a pandemic. And so I just want to commend you all for being faithful in your giving, you know, when things looked really bad. And you kept doing that. In fact, there was a moment a couple of months ago where the giving was above and beyond, and we gave even more money to our missionaries than we had budgeted for. Isn't that great? And I'm, I'm like, as a church, I'm blown away by that, and I'm excited that we can do that. And it makes me want to give even more and be even more generous. Since last December, we've been able to put aside the right amount each month that we needed to show that we could support for our finance company for the debt level that we will probably be entering in. And we've been able to do that every month since then. So thank you, church. I want to encourage you today, if you're new to Hills Church, 
Would you prayerfully consider joining those who have committed in faith to financially supporting the mission of this church and perhaps even this building project? And if you want to know more about that, what that's all about, you can see me, obviously not for the next couple of weeks, but you can definitely come and see me at any time or see one of the elders and they'll be happy to talk you through that as well. Today I actually have an exciting announcement, but out of this announcement, I believe is a word for us this morning. I actually had a sermon half written for today and I'm not preaching it because this thing came into my lap this week and I started writing about it and I felt like this was the message for today. Many of you will remember that we lost our brother in Christ, Andrew Cal, to cancer in May last year. You know, he was a good friend to us. You know, I had the privilege of um, first meeting Andrew about four years ago. You know, he made his way into this church for the first time through those doors at the back there. And the ushers helped him find a seat. He's completely blind. And it was his first step into church since he was a teenager. And he's now in his late 50s. And I met him after the service that Sunday and we had a short chat. And he, he shared with me, you know, why he was here and some of the, the rather painful time that he was going through in his life at that moment. So he was feeling a bit lost and lonely, and he, and he had a friend in uh, Melbourne who was part of Christian Blind Mission, and his friend said, Andrew, why don't you just try going to church? And so he did. He came to this church. Thank you, God, for sending him here. Well, that Sunday was the beginning of a, of a new faith journey for Andrew. And a few weeks later, on another Sunday... You know, he made his way to the the front. You know, we always have the prayer team out here after the service and and he wanted prayer for the difficult stuff in his life. And he encountered Sid Gibson that morning and Sid not only prayed for Andrew, he answered some of his questions about God. And and, and then during that week, Sid rang me. He said, you remember Andrew who, who came to church for the first time? Yes, I do. He wants to come and see you. So they came in together to see me and we spent a couple of hours together and Andrew shared parts of his life with me and there was a lot of difficulty. There was a lot of struggles, particularly recently. And he said, well, I've been listening to you talk about Jesus. What does it mean really to be, you know, a follower, a Christian? Well, you know, that's, that's the best question anyone can ever ask you as a pastor. In fact, for anyone, isn't it? Would you like to have someone ask you that question? Maybe you've had it before. Now we're in my office, so there's no fancy preaching going on. You know, there's no strong emotions. There's there's no pad on the keyboard happening in the background. It's just a simple message of living a life of faith in Jesus and what he, who he was and what he has done. And Andrew said, well, I want that. You know, how do I do it? And I remember this very clearly. Sid jumps in. He says, well, here's what Romans 10 says. It's on the screen. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And I remember him saying to me, well, I believe in my heart. You know, what are the words? What do I need to say out loud? And, and I started giving, just, I said, well, here's an example of a prayer you could pray. And without me inviting him, he just started repeating the words after me. 
And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll keep going with this. And he kept praying. And it was a personal prayer. And on that day, you know, we finished it. I said, Andrew, you meant the words. I meant the words. And on that day, Andrew put his faith in Jesus. He became a Christian. He started a new life with God. And he started a life in this church family. And it didn't mean all his troubles went away. You know, if you know Andrew here today, you know he, he battled a lot, didn't he? His, his whole life, it was health issues. Beyond his vision impairment, he'd had cancer many times. And they continued on even in his new life of faith. And he, he struggled in these parts of his life. But he had this new strength. And it's the same that Kerry said. It was a, it was, there was a peace that he hadn't had before. On August the 27th, 2017, Andrew was baptized right here in this baptismal. Let me just pause here for a second. This baptismal has been a little dry of late. Hmm. If you were here today and you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't been baptized, please make an appointment with one of us. I want to talk to you. He was baptized there. He had us all in tears. You know, his new faith had us rejoicing with him. Who was here that day? Who can remember? Wendy Ricks was baptized at the same service. She also had us in tears and rejoicing. And then throughout the last couple of years, Andrew was in and out of hospital with difficulties at the doctor's. They, they just struggled to identify what was going on. And, and, you know, we would do a lot of visits up there. And it was difficult to see him in that, in, that, in that way. He was always grateful for the people visiting, for the doctors and nurses. And I was always amazed at his courage. And around October 2018, I, I popped into the, into the RBH. They'd been trying to find out why he was so unwell. And, and everyone suspected that cancer would be back. They couldn't find it. And it was on that day I was with him that the nurse, the uh, doctor turned up and she said, I need to tell you some news. He said, I want Nathan to stay. And she told him, and it wasn't good. And it was cancer and they'd found it and there was nothing they could do. And she left and he cried. And I had no words. But we just sat there. We sat there on his bed. I remember calling Shelley in the car park to tell her what had happened, and that was when my tears came. Do you know what it's like when you have to say it out loud to someone? And over the next few months, we would sit and talk in his dining room. He'd say things that would amaze me. This is what he told me. He said, my vision impairment, I hope it's a gift for others. He hoped that others would see him out and about by himself just living life and it would help them gain perspective on their own struggles in life. And he did. You may have seen him sometimes around Fernie Hills or Rani Hills on his way down to Kmart just by himself with his cane, crossing roads, going around the edge of the building into Coles where lots of people knew him. He also said the best thing that ever happened to him was putting his faith in Jesus and living a new life he, had this, he loved this idea of being an adopted child of God. The number one thing he wanted me to do when I visited, and it was the same for others who visited in this church, like um, Paul and, and David and Jim and Karen and, and Steve, 
He says, would you read the Bible to me? And we would read the scriptures and it brought comfort with, to him with what he was facing. He could, by the way, do the scriptures himself. If you ever saw him on his phone, it was always blank. He didn't need the screen. But he could navigate that thing with his thumb and the spoken, like you would not believe. I don't know if anyone ever saw that. We talked about heaven. Andrew said to me once, I'm concerned, Nathan, about the doubts I've got. What if I haven't done enough? I said, Andrew, God's done enough. And his grace is bigger than your doubts. And he smiled. And then he, he said something that really struck me. It stayed with me. He said, I admit, in amongst my times of worrying about the process of dying, I have these little moments of excitement. I'm tired of this old body. I'm ready for that new one that will never let me down. And it's hard to imagine what Andrew was going through in, in his last months with us, but Andrew had hope. And you could see it in his face. His hope was in Jesus and his eternity with him. Now today, he sits with Jesus in, cancer, in, in, in heaven with no cancer. And, and whatever happens with our bodies in their 2020 vision, it's probably better than that if you can get better than that. And no loneliness. So you say, why am I sharing this with you today? Well, about two months before he passed away, we were talking about the need for a new space for our kids and youth in a church service. And he was here that day. In fact, I think it was one of the last Sundays he attended with us. And later that week, he called me up, come and see me again. And I did. I sat at his dining room table again. And he told me walking through the front doors of the church was the best thing that had happened to him beyond meeting Jesus, which is what happened after you walked through those doors. And he said, when I leave here, I want to leave part of my estate to the church. And I said, don't do that. You should give it to your family. And he said, no, <laughs> I don't have immediate family. And my extended family is good. This was my family. So I said, okay. Andrew passed away soon after this, and we had a, gee, we had a great uh, memorial service here. If you were here, it was, uh, please let my funeral be that good. <laughs> he was a rocker back in the 70s and 80s. He played keyboard, even with his vision, impa vision impairment. He had a, a band called Stockade. They were on Simon Townsend's Wonderworld. You know, wasn't that a great era <laughs> for rock bands? And his old rocker mates showed up to that funeral. They did lean on me up here, you know, straight up late, grabbed whatever instrument they found. And <laughs> it was good. It was good, wasn't it? And he said, because I remember Nathan, uh, Andrew said to me, you better tell them about my faith. So we did. We told them about his faith in Jesus. A few weeks passed, sorry, a few weeks back from today, his unit in Arana Hills finally sold and the proceeds were split between the Royal College of Surgeons, Guide Dogs Queensland and Hills Church. And this week, $134,000 was deposited in our account. It's an amazing blessing, isn't it? Not just his money, 
the man himself for that short period that we had him. And I want to honour him today. And I want to thank God for him. Because on the day that he called me was the day I was praying over there saying, God, should we be doing this building project? It seems like too much money. I don't know if we can do this. And that was the day Andrew said, I'm going to leave a big gift for you. There's one more part to this story. I told you Wendy Ricks was baptised on the same day as Andrew. In fact, Wendy came to faith about the same time. And Andrew and Wendy did Alpha together in my office every Wednesday night for, what, about three months, was it? And they were great times of growth. Wendy is an Indigenous artist, a really good one, by the way. You should check out her website. But when Andrew passed, Wendy was away for work, and she missed the news, and then she came back one day and, and heard... And it hit her hard, and that week God led her to paint a piece to remember Andrew. Do you want to come now, Wendy? And this is it. And it's beautiful. And I just want Wendy to explain, how do we see Andrew in this? If, if you can. I've got all my baggage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not moving in. <laughs> You got this, Wendy. Buriaga Gaba Church, good morning. I thought I'd just start by saying, um, well, thanks for making me cry during Glorious Day. Thanks for saying realisation, so I cried. Then, you know, if I cannot stand, I cried. Then I cried again, so I'm already like one up on you all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as um, as Nathan said... um, uh, I came to church after um, after being away with work and he told me the news. And I had seen it on Facebook that a man called Andrew had passed away, but because I'm really bad with names, I didn't connect who the Andrew was. So when I heard, I cried. And um, and then as I was leaving church that day, I um, I something happened to me and I, I've just written down the text that I had to pull over. And um, so word for word, the text that I sent to Nathan... Um, Summer in McDowell, I wrote it, um, dated in August 2019. Hang on. I don't want to dribble on there. <laughs> Keep it COVID safe. <laughs> COVID safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, it is so good to chat to you, even though the news of Andrew made me sad. I've had to pull over, though, to tell you something that just happened. And so I was driving along Beckett's Road and thinking of Andrew when I felt I should do a painting for him and gift it to someone. I was imagining a keyboard, you see, footprints. I imagined green, denim, pink, silver and black leather, rock and roll. (laughs) But then a smell of aftershave came into my car. No man had been in my car. It's a girl car. Um, And I hadn't hugged any men here at church that day. It felt like a happy smell and it reminded me of Alpha Nights when he would be freshly showered and full of aftershave. And then I said the words out loud, you've made it home. Yep. And I feel really peaceful right now. So I'll continue my drive home. I can only smell it faintly now, but it was very strong. I'm not sure about anything and what that means, 
but it feels like he, there's peace with him. Yep. Enjoy your day. Nathan. Nathan responded, uh, that is so great, Wendy. It was good. He was a good friend and he is home now. One day he will show us around. Nathan is special to you because we began our spiritual journey around the same time and, and we did the Alpha course together. I think God was encouraging you with good memories. God loves you, Wendy. Yeah, so those um, Alpha nights were, were pretty funny. Um, we've got Mr. Sex, Drugs and Rock and Roll and um, this wild woman, Potty Mouth. Um, and, and we had some really curly questions. <laughs> I'm the person who asks questions, you know, do cows go to like lay down and sleep at night? Do they get up and eat sometimes? And also questions like, did Mary know um, all along that her son was going to die before her? Like, um, that was the kind of questions that Nathan was faced with, with us two in his office on <laughs> Wednesday nights. <laughs> That's five, now we're six. Um, so anyway, I'll just... Uh, it's footprints, that's two yeah. sets of footprints, that's Andrew uh, walking with God. Um, there's his keyboard, there's his hot pink shirt, um, and all the other bright colour shirts that he, that, he, that he wore. Yeah. And there's the journey symbol there through the feet of the journey with God. Yeah. Fantastic. Can we thank Wendy? Thank you. And if you knew Andrew, you knew he loved the bright coloured shirts. And so you can see him in here. My plan is when we build this new building, we're going to find a place to hang this in that space and put a little plaque under there or something like that. And we'll remember him for good. There was a, another man who turned up in this church one day. It was further back, in 2011, and I noticed a man and a lady sitting in their car one morning when I came to church in the lower car park, and I didn't really think too much of it, because that happens sometimes. It's our car park attracts strange people, <laughs> and sometimes I approach them, and sometimes I don't. Well, the next morning, they were there again. This time I approached them. They told me they'd been sleeping in their car in our car park for a few nights now. They usually tried to leave before anyone got here, but they'd, for two mornings in a row, they'd just slept in a little bit. And they were sorry to disturb me. His name was Paul, and his partner was Melissa, and she was pregnant at the time. Paul was out of work, and everything they had was in their car. And they asked me if they could keep sleeping in their car park or in their car in our car park for a few more nights. I said, yes, you can do that. In fact, Lex and I ended up opening up the back room behind the toilets and finding a mattress for them, and they slept there for a few nights and used our kitchen and our bathroom facilities overnight. After a few nights like that, Adrian and Lenore uh, generously actually took them into their home for a while. They came to church once or twice. Those of you who were here at the time loved them, and eventually they headed off to Bundaberg to be with relatives and to, to try and start their life over again. And that was it. Or so I thought. About two years later, Paul showed up in our car park again. He told me he and Melissa had moved back down to Brisbane about a year earlier, but they were no longer together. And he now had a little girl called Sharon. And he was so proud of her. 
and he showed me the photos of her. I asked if we can try and help find some accommodation. He said he didn't want any. Can you just use the car park? And I said, yes. I remember that week, this church was hosting um, a training week for AIFC, the Institute of Family Counseling. So it was filled with counsellors and it was, it was catered. And so I was always, there was always leftover food that I was getting to him that week. So he ate really well that week. Again, I let him use the toilets and showers overnight. But the, the, the beautiful thing was each day he would pop into my office just for, for 10, 15 minutes. He was always a bit anxious. but just wanted to stop in and say hello. But we'd talk about life. There was addictions and relationship breakdowns. There was a lot of brokenness. He had nothing to do all day in that bottom car park. He was kind of bored. And one day I was thinking about what can I do for him? And I gave him a book to read. And it's a, it's a book by Nicky Cruz. Does everyone know him? It's back from the 70s. He was like a hardened gang member, gang leader in New York City back in the 70s who came to faith in Christ. It's an amazing story. It's called Run, Baby, Run. I just gave it to him because I thought he needed something to do. Anyway, he devoured this book in like two days. And when he finished it, he came into my office. He said, well... I want to do like Nikki, I want to follow Jesus. So we prayed together and he received Jesus that day. He wanted to bring his little girl to church. Um, sadly, his partner wouldn't loan him the car seat, so we, we bought one for him. And he brought Sharon to church the next Sunday and they were here together. She had a ball in the kids' program. Everyone here loved him. He had a great day. And that was the last time I ever saw him. And then about three months later, Melissa called me in tears. The police had found Paul in a park. He'd taken his own life. And it was then that she said, you don't know how deep his depression was. It doesn't seem like a good way to end today or to end this story, but church, I'm convinced that there is a good end for Paul. I believe he's in eternity in heaven. You might say he gave up his hope when he, put, when he took his own life. But I say that God's grace is bigger than mental illness. These two men, Andrew and Paul, have changed me. They suffered through brokenness and pain in this world in a way I, I don't think I will ever have to, and I pray I don't. And yet both of these men, I strongly believe, have risen from this broken world to an eternity with Christ that is free of pain and suffering. That is the wonder and power of the resurrection. Christ overcame sin and death and rose again for us so that we too can put our old life to death and rise with him spiritually, physically. And I love the promise in Revelation 21 that talks about that eternity. Jesus says he, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no death, no sorrow or crying or pain, all those things are gone forever. And they're experiencing that right now. They're experiencing their resurrection. This is the life Paul and Andrew now live. It's the eternal reward of saying yes to Jesus and inviting him into your life as your Lord. And I want to ask you today, church, I felt I had to share these two stories with you today. I wonder whether you would do the same thing 
want to give you that opportunity. Jesus said he is preparing a place for you. For you. Preparing a place for you. In his father's eternal house. Here's what he said to his disciples just before he was about to go to the cross. In John 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. There's enough room for everybody. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. You know, but, but to receive a place in God's house, you've, you have to be free of sin. And this is where Jesus comes in. So it continues. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. How do we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Forgiveness and salvation and eternity is available to everyone who will invite Jesus into their life to be their Lord. So I say today, are you looking for the answer to life? He is the way. Jesus is the way to salvation. Jesus is the way to freedom. Jesus is the way to peace with God. Jesus is the way to eternity. Like Paul and Andrew, you can be free. You can be forgiven and be in right relationship with God. And you can be assured of an eternity with him. And so I extend the invitation today. Remember what Sid said to Andrew. Believe in your heart that Christ rose from the dead and confess with your mouth that he is your Lord and you will be saved. There's an easy way to remember it. A, B, C. Admit your need for God. I am a sinner. I am separated from God. Believe that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the son of God. He is God. And he died and rose again for each one of us. He loves you. And sees commit. Commit to him. All right, Jesus, forgive me. I commit to you forever, wholeheartedly. And you will be saved. I want to invite you all to close your eyes and bow your heads, please, this morning. I'm extending the invitation this morning. If today you want to give your heart to God, invite him in and become a Christian, be a fellow of his, can you just raise a hand and, um, and just make eye contact with me quickly? God is speaking into your heart. Would you pray that prayer after me? Lord, I admit my need for you. I admit that I am a sinner. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of that sin. 
so that I can start new with you. I believe that you are God. I believe that you came to earth. I believe that you died and rose again. And I believe that you sit at the Father's right hand. And today I invite you into my life. To be the Lord of my life. And I submit to you. And I commit to you. In Jesus' name, amen.